Now, how do we decide what type of family plan an individual has? Is it type one, type two, type three? All depends on the building blocks we talk about, what we call multimers. We all have three sizes of multimers of Van Willebrand protein. The large sizes or the high molecular weight, the middle sizes and the small sizes. Now it depends which of them is absent, which of them is deficient, whether all of them are present or not, that's how we classify the type of Van Willebrand disease and we'll go to show how we do that. Next please. Now, before we give the details about the classification, I would like to say where Van Willebrand protein come from. It come from two places. The smaller ones, they come from the bone marrow. A large cell in the bone marrow called megakaryocyte, it's the one that makes the platelets. So it makes the smaller size of Van Willebrand protein. Where does it put it? It stores it in the platelet like I showed you before, in the alpha granules of the platelet. That's in, besides the Van Willebrand protein, which is present in the circulation. Now, the larger one, which are more productive, more efficient in working, are the high molecular weight. They are produced in the lining of the blood vessel, and they are stored, instead of platelet, they are stored in something called Whipple pallad bodies. These are the structures that carry Van Willebrand, and they secrete it constantly. They produce it and release it to the circulation. Now, this is able, we are able to trigger a large amount of release of the factor by many things, by fibrin, by thrombin, by exercise. If the patients run and exercise, then we figure, we, we measure Van Willebrand, it will be even mask the diagnosis completely. And also vasopressin. You know what vasopressin, I'm sure all of you know, this is what we call DDAVB. It is the hormone that the body makes, and that's very efficient factor in triggering the release of the Van Willebrand protein. Now, these are the three types that we are familiar with. Type one and type three are quantitative. What I meant, I show you the three sizes. What I meant by quantitative, the amount of these multimers is the, the, the reason for the classification there. So type one, all the multimers are present, large, medium, and small, but they are decreased in number. In type three, none of them is there. So the two of them are quantitative. Type two, however, is qualitative. Why we say qualitative? Sometimes the large are not present, the medium are not present, or they are present but not functioning, and that's how we classify type two. There are four types of type two. The most common one is type two A, where we miss both the large and the medium molecules. In type two B, the Van Willebrand factor is so hungry to the platelets, it has high affinity. It picks the platelets right away, and by doing that, it consumes itself and it consumes platelet. So patients with type 2B, they have low platelets, and that's our clue. Once we get a patient who is a bleeder, and we find out that the Van Willebrand is low, and then we find his platelets, instead of being 150,000, they are 120 or 110. That's a clue. We tried going after until we diagnosed type 2B. Last week we have a patient like this, and it was one of the doctors was fascinated because we say this is type 2B and we were right, which is, you know, it's anyhow. <laughs> now type 2M, 
is the opposite of 2B. What happens there? The vowel brown is not functioning well. It cannot even catch the platelet. So it's the opposite. And type N is some deceiving type, I call it. N is after Normandy, which was described there. It has low affinity to what? To factor eight. Once it have low affinity to factor eight, factor eight will be consumed fast. And every time we check the patient, we find factor eight between five to 10 to 15%. Many of these patients were diagnosed by mistake as hemophilia A. And later on, we find out it is not hemophilia A. It is type 2N van Wallebrand. Next, please. Now, 75% of all van Wallebrand disorder patients are type 1. It is difficult to diagnose because of what we said. You all of you, everyone who has type 1, knows how difficult to diagnose the condition. It, you gain some experience by seeing more and more patients. Many times, I hear the story that a doctor look at the tongue, oh, it's normal. Then he looked again, oh, not, it's not normal. They look at a little definite uh, you know, definition. 55% or less is abnormal. So the patient is 56. Would you call him normal? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call him normal, especially if he's bleeding, if he has symptoms. Even if he's 60 and he has symptoms, I would insist that this is Van Wallebrand. Even though I try to repeat it two or three times to catch one time with a level below the, just for, uh, you know, to convince myself 100%. But this is, again, that's the confusion. The, the non-hematologists look at it. It has to be below normal to call it Van Wallebrand. It's not the case. All right. Now. It is autosomal dominant, which means that is inherited. It's enough to have one parent having the condition to give it to the children. Unlike type three, which has to have two parents, each one has type one to get type three. Now, all multimer sizes are present, but they are low. Now, almost all of these will respond to the DAVB, because what does the DAVB does? It just squeezes out the stored Van Wallebrand from the system. If you give it to a patient with type 3, type 3 cannot make any Van Wallebrand protein, so it does not work at all, and it should not be even tried. If you give it to a patient with type 2B, which have low platelets, the minute we give it, the platelet will drop further. Why? Because you produce more of the abnormal type of Van Wallebrand protein that will catch more platelets and make the things worse. So we don't use it. The most common use of the DAVB is the type 1 Van Wallebrand. Okay. Now, this is the cells that store Van Wallebrand in the blood vessel. It's called the uh, Palade cells or Whipple Palade structure. These are the Van Wallebrand proteins <coughs> stored in the structure there. And they are very large. It's not the large one that we have, they are super large. And when you have super large structures in your system, it is a dangerous situation because they cause clots and they cause strokes and they cause heart attack. These structures have to be broken down. And we are the, these are the big ones that we should not have at all. There's an enzyme called ADAM13. That enzyme comes right away and break them down. Break them down into small, large, and medium. So we have all the sizes there in type 1 Van Wallebrand, except that they are decreased. So we have all these are decreased. We still have few left. And here is factor 8. Factor 8 still survive because we still have some 
family prime factor in type 1. Type 3, however, will have nothing at all. And as a result, factor 8 cannot survive because it cannot be protected. There is no family prime structure at all. So these are gone. And the result, that factor 3 has no proteins, has no factor 8. So it is really a severe condition. Next, please. Now, this is a busy slide. I don't want you to, to read all of it. It's very simple just to show you the type 2 uh, subclasses. Type 2A, we mentioned that it is 15% of all Van Willebrand disorders, and it is dominant, and it is having low proteins, low factor 8, low antigen. The large and intermediate are not there. So if this sketch here show you when you have three of each is normal. We don't have three of the large. We don't have three of the medium. So the large and medium are decreased. The small ones are intact. We look here, type 2B, the platelets are so the, the, the multimer here, which is the Van Willebrand multimer, it's very high, has high affinity to platelets or high, very hungry to pick platelets up. So it picks the platelet and it consumes itself as well as consuming platelets. So this is the type that has low platelets. There is type 2M, it's the opposite of 2B, and look what happens, the platelets are rebelled from the high molecular weight ones, and for the reason, it doesn't work. It's there, we measure them, they are there, but they don't work. Now type 2N, or Normandy type, the platelets are, the factor 8 itself is propelled and pushed out of the small molecular weight. It is left alone in the circulation. It's consumed. They develop something like mild to moderate hemophilia. Now, he, these are the type 2 Van Willebrand. We need to push one at a time. Type 2 Van Willebrand are really based on the attachment of the platelets to the Van Willebrand factor itself. Keep pushing. More. So type 2M, we mentioned that the attachment is very poor, so it doesn't function. Type 2B, the attachment is very, very strong, so the platelets will be down. And type 2N, where the factor 8 itself is decreased in the type, okay? Type 2A is, there's no Van Willebrand multimers large size, so it will be just not functioning at all. Now, this is the table that showed, summarize what we said there, and we're not going to go over that. Next, please. Now, the manifestation of the symptoms of the Van Willebrand disorder is mostly mucous membrane bleed, nosebleed, menorrhagia, uh, bleeding in the, uh, from the kidney, bleeding from the bladder, and superficial bleed under the skin. And that's typical of condition. You cannot tell if you see a patient that he has bruises like this, whether he has low platelets, abnormal platelets, or Van Willebrand. Three of them will present the same way. Next, please. And the same thing after little trauma. Look what happened there. He has low platelets, and he has type 2B Van Willebrand. 